0: Hi, it's Julie and welcome to the Corporate Yogi podcast. Well, today I want to talk about one of the most important elements of a relationship, building trust. Now I say this all the time, but I do believe it. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. It really is the absolute foundation of all relationships. I have a lot of people trying to convince me that because they work with someone that they don't trust, that it's okay because it's just a workplace relationship. There isn't any need to have a deep relationship like you do with a friend or with a partner. But I disagree. I would argue actually that workplace relationships require just as much trust, if not more trust, than a personal relationship would. But somehow, there's this belief that it is different or less than if it's a workplace relationship. And so we don't have to invest in building trust in the same way. Now, I often see things go wrong in one of two different ways with workplace relationships. Either trust isn't established properly at the start of a relationship, and then the relationship just stays kind of at that surface level and it really lacks any depth, or more dramatically... The relationship starts out good, but then something happens to breach trust, and then trust is never, ever really restored because either party didn't address it or deal with what happened, and trust never got back to those previous levels because people refused to talk about what happened. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First, I'm going to share an example of what a breach of trust actually looks like. In the second segment, I will explain the truth about your boss. In the third segment, I'll explain how to handle a breach of trust. And then in the fourth segment, I'm going to share a happy outcome that happened to one of my clients. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Okay, I'm going to start off with the breach of trust story, something that happened to one of my clients. And when he first told me this story, I was gobsmacked. I couldn't believe it. It's something that we worked on over the course of a few months to kind of debrief and deconstruct and pull apart what happened. And now, later on, he has transcended over this entire experience and repaired the breach of trust with his boss, which is amazing. I'm so proud of him. And he gave me permission to share this story with you on the podcast. So I'm going to share the story, but I'm going to do it anonymously out of respect to him and to his company, which happens to be a really large, well-established tech and media company. So we're going to call this client Dan for today. Now, when I first started working with Dan, he explained to me that his relationship with his boss was somewhat closed off, and he had no desire to deepen the relationship or share any more personal details with his boss. Now, this is something that I was curious about, and so digging around, he shared his experience and his reasoning why. And I gotta say, I don't really blame Dan for feeling this way. Here's what happened. So Dan shared some specifics with this new boss about his old boss, thinking that the conversation was happening in complete trust and confidence. As most of us know, that's just basic common sense, right? But it was not. And Dan's current boss then proceeded to take this private conversation and share the details with Dan's old boss... With a good intention to give them feedback and really explain what they should have done differently so then to complete this com- total and complete circular breach of trust dan's old boss then came to him and confronted him about what he had said about her and about her leadership <sighs> so it was a total breach of trust on so many levels And there was such a massive impact on Dan, quite frankly, I don't blame him for losing faith in his manager. And when we have these types of conversations and we share details, we often do it in confidence, right? Or under the guise of confidence. And so as a result, Dan no longer felt any psychological safety present in that relationship. So in an effort to protect himself, he stopped opening up and sharing information with his boss. But the story doesn't really end there. Sometimes, in situations like this, we think we're protecting ourselves by shutting ourselves off from others. But sadly, in the end, it is really us that loses out. Now, I worried that Dan would not only struggle by carrying the resentment and the anger for his current boss and his previous boss, but I also worried that it would negatively impact his career, any future opportunities, because he wasn't able to really develop those deep relationships at work. Since this double breach of trust, he really had closed himself off from others. He had shut down in the hopes of protecting himself. Now, I wish I could say that this was an isolated incident, but in truth, I see it happen all the time. I'm shocked that more people don't hold information like this in confidence, and I really see this impact relationships. Now, the bottom line here is that Dan is really left suffering in two key ways. First, because of this breach of trust, and then secondly, because his relationship has now been ruptured, and he has to be inauthentic and not share details with his boss, Right, Because he's worried about what his boss is going to do with that information. Now, at this point in the episode, I want to share a fundamental truth, something that we don't always expect or hold space for with workplace relationships. Here's the truth or the tough love. Your boss is doing the best that they can. They're learning and they're growing just like you are. And as a result, they're going to make mistakes, sometimes a lot of mistakes along the way. And they may not be more evolved or as mature as you are. Now, I share this truth, not as a put down to your boss. Oh, no. And definitely not for you to take your boss's side of things if they violate your trust. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. I hope that you work for an amazing person. I want you to have a great boss and a great experience But I share this truth because sometimes we need a reminder that they are on a learning journey too, that they are human. And they might be a little bit further along in their career, but they may not be further ahead than you in terms of self-awareness or consciousness. The truth is they're going to make mistakes. This is one of the fundamental downfalls of corporate hierarchy. We naturally just believe or assume That if someone is more senior than us, that they have more experience, more knowledge, that they're more mature, that they're more conscious and evolved than we are. Sadly, this is not the case in many situations. And so I think it's best to manage our expectations and remember that our boss is human. And they're right there along that learning path, just like we are. Sometimes they're a little ahead of us. Sometimes they're right beside us learning as we are, and they screw up at times. And this doesn't just apply to your boss. It goes right up the food chain. Trust me, we're all learning. We're all figuring it out as we go along. And I want to share a few different perspectives about relationships that has really helped me dealing with other people when people make mistakes specifically or they disappoint me. The first perspective is is that if we expect other people to be perfect all the time and we don't hold space for them to make mistakes, then we don't give ourselves any room or permission to ever screw up and make mistakes. So if we want compassion to be shown towards us, when we screw up, we also have to learn how to show it forwards towards other people first. All right? The second perspective is that all, these are all really deep, just so you know. (laughs) So perspective number two, all relationship that we have with others is really just a mirror of relationship that we have with ourselves. Now that's a heavy thought, but it's very, very true. And then perspective three, no relationship that you have with others can ever be greater than the relationship that you have with yourself. So brace yourself for a learning journey when it comes to relationships, because we all have a lot to learn and to grow through. Okay, so here's how you handle a breach of trust. Dan and I had many, 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 many conversations about how to handle the situation. And let me tell you, he did not want to address it at all. He kept trying to sweep it under the rug and was quite content to just leave it there. The first and the most important step was for him to realize that he was the one suffering through this, more than his boss. Sure, he may have been wondering why, you know, Dan was acting differently or why he wasn't opening up, but at the end of the day, his boss is likely not struggling or suffering through anything. So Dan was struggling most and because he feels like he can't open up or really be his authentic self, it's kind of like that saying, you know, holding resentment is like taking poison and then hoping the other person will die. They don't struggle, they don't suffer, but we do. So unspoken truths are seeds of resentment. If someone wrongs you, then you really need to tell them what they've done so that they can actually learn from it. So here are the steps to follow. First off, you have to understand why you are upset. Get clear on what they've done and then dig down and see if there's anything that you have done to evoke this or play your part as a victim. You can even script out what you wish had done differently or what you would have said differently. Then the next step is to prepare for the courageous conversation. For most emotionally charged situations like this, we really need to sit down and we need to prepare the conversation. What are you going to say? How are you going to say it? What requests are you going to make? And most importantly, what is your stake in the ground? Which means, what do you want to accomplish with this conversation? How are you going to measure whether it was a success or not? Are you looking for an apology? Do you simply want to have your side of the story be heard? Do you want to design things to be differently next time? Putting a stake in the ground is important because let's face it, these types of conversations are tough. Sometimes they can get highly emotionally charged. And if you're going to lean in and you're going to feel that discomfort, you want to make sure that you get a resolution by the end of it. So a couple other tips, make sure you have permission to have this conversation so that you're both in a prepared mindset. This isn't something that you have as a drive-by conversation and just pop into someone's office. Don't start the conversation in, say, like the last three minutes of your one-on-one meeting. And another tip is go into this conversation with curiosity, not with accusation. I guarantee you've probably thought of this situation or scenario way more than they have. And so when we reflect and we stew on something, sometimes we make up stories or we fill in certain data points with blanks like intention or what we think they meant. And usually they're not very positive. So when you have this discussion, bring up the facts of the situation and then inquire through the lens of curiosity. I'm curious why you handled it this way. I'm curious why you didn't just come up to me and ask for more information. I'm curious why you went behind my back and you shared this private conversation. And the last tip that I wanna share with you is to use the SBI model for feedback, which is an acronym that stands for situation behavior, and impact. Now this tool was developed by CCL, the Center for Creative Leadership, and it's a brilliant tool for giving feedback. And I like it because you follow the formula really closely, and then you're pretty much guaranteed to not blame someone, which is, you know, let's, let's be honest, it's like throwing gasoline on a fire when we blame. The S stands for situation. So you explain, hey, remember last month when I gave you that feedback of what it was like working with my old boss? Then we move on to the B and we explain the behavior or the action that they took. So with Dan, this would be sharing the confidential information that he had shared with his boss without permission. And then the I stands for impact. And this is where you can be really honest about what they did and how it made you feel. So I feel like my trust has been violated and I feel hesitant to share any further information with you because I don't know what's going to be held in confidence and what you're going to share with others. Okay, so let's loop back and talk about what happened with Dan. Well, we had a number of conversations and we created a plan. He would talk to his boss, initiate a courageous conversation and use the SBI framework. And he did this and much to his surprise, he healed the relationship and they are in an amazing place right now. Believe it or not, his boss had no idea what he did was wrong. He thought he was doing Dan a favor. He had positive intentions and he was trying to advocate on Dan's behalf. But after Dan explained it in full context, then he went, oh, okay. I understand. I see this now. I see the mistake that I made. And he stepped up and he apologized. The truth is we sometimes think that because our boss is more senior and is supposed to know better, that we shouldn't be the ones who have to initiate these conversations. But remember that tough love, that truth for today. Your boss is doing the best that they can. They're learning and they're growing just like you are. And as a result, they're going to make mistakes sometimes. So I am so proud of Dan for stepping up and having this conversation. And I remember the look on his face when I first brought it up. He looked at me as if to say, you're kidding, Julie, right? You want me to talk to who about what? Are you kidding? Now, the truth is sometimes when we're really, really wronged like that, We use that excuse to not step up to be and not be the bigger person. But truly, if you think about it, then we're just holding on to the pain and we're playing the role of victim. And this is an example of a situation where we really need to be the bigger person. And since having this conversation, there have been many other challenges with team members. That Dan and his boss have had to sort out. And they've done so quickly and easily and with complete confidence and trust. So I'm sure that both of them are grateful that they had this conversation and they repaired the breach of trust in their relationship. Okay, it's time to wrap up this episode on trust breakers in a relationship. I dropped a lot of wisdom bombs in this episode, but the most important one that I want you to take away is that if you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship. Now, if this episode really rung true to you, I want to leave you with a couple additional resources. First off is a trust model exercise that can be used to accelerate trust in your team. Now, if you want to learn more about it, you can head back to episode 186 to find out how the trust exercise works, find out how to apply it to your team. Now, the other critical resource is uh, building trust, a tool that I call relationship design, which is explained in episode 198. Now, this is dedicated to new managers to use with a new direct report at the start of their relationship. But in truth, it can be adapted to any relationship, even if you've been working together for a while. So if you want to do more work, if you want to deep dive further, you can check out 186 and 198. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone who really needs to hear it. Let's face it, I guarantee there is someone out there who is struggling with a breach of trust and they need your tough love and your wisdom to help set them on the right course. I look forward to seeing you next Tuesday for another great episode. And remember that any fear, any resistance that you hold deep inside of you is simply just your greatness in disguise.